Movies. Welcome to Big Boy Movies, a podcast about movies and the big boys who watch them. I'm one of your big boys, Matt Beebe. I'm another one of your big boys, John George. And I'm your little French tart, Theo Dudley. Oh. Bonjour. Bonjour, everybody. Oh, he's speaking French for this one. Yeah, we should do this all in French. Yeah, I was thinking (laughs) about it, um, but then I realized I didn't know French. I got Duolingo up right now if we want to have a... I took French in seventh grade, so all right, I, so you could probably carry this one. Yeah, I didn't need subtitles for this movie we're going to talk about um, mm-hmm. because I'm that smart. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, we have another guest, BB. Another Two week weeks in a row. Another guest. We're really expanding our horizons. Uh, of course, we have our little French tart, uh, Theo Dudley, with us. Um, really going to. Really going to give us some some grand perspective on Portrait of a Lady on Fire. He is. You know, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me just finish that thought for you, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of this European guy, you know. I've been to France. Uh, I know a lot about different European cultures. So um, I just, you know, you guys can say what you're going to say, and then I'll sort of chime in with, like, where all of this is kind of coming from, from a cultural perspective. Yeah, I got oh, it. Oh, perfect. Our no, opinions are kind of, <laughs> our, your, your opinion will sh- sort of shadow over ours as you, yeah. you know more than us, obviously. Yeah. We brought in a real expert for this one. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no. PhD in Europology, uh, Theo Dudley, <laughs> on the line. In Dr. Fran- Theo Dudley, PhD yes. in France. Um, but yeah, so we're, we watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire this week, and John, we're in a bit of a sticky situation. Um, we, neither of us watched any other movies besides that this week. Yeah, no other movies deserved it, so. Yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't name a one. I, I think they deleted all of them, actually, which is what I found, um, but... Theo, did you did you listen? Did did you listen? Did you watch? <laughs> did you listen? Uh, you know, I did listen and watch to uh, three different movies this week, uh, purely because that's the only way to keep my mind alive during these terrible, terrible times. Mm, yeah. uh, and are they they're probably movies you guys have seen too. Upgrade. Uh, I haven't seen Upgrade. Oh, but that's the, uh, it's on my list. You guys on Amazon, you'd love that. That's prime big boy territory right there. Okay. And it features a big boy. A couple big boys, actually. So. Oh, well, that's oh, our favorite boy. kind of movie. Who's in it? Wait, who's like in this it? one. Who are these who's in it? That's doing? a great question because I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the big boys. You yeah. got to be prepared. Well, it's obviously starring Logan Marshall Green, Betty Gabriel, and Harrison G. Gilbertson. All names that uh, we know. All my love. favorites. Those are and, A-listers. Um, but yeah, it's like essentially a, a full-length Black Mirror. Um, it's low budget, $5 million, but you would never think it. It's so well done. Uh, the action is phenomenal. And um, you guys saw Invisible Man as well, didn't you? We I did saw not. the 1931. Oh. Invisible the Man ni- is a trip. Yeah, um, same director. The 1930s, so. Oh, so. oh, yeah, that is the same director. That's why. Same director. Um. He doesn't learn very many new tricks between this movie and that one. Uh, lots of very similar things, but hey, you but know he what? It, need it to. works. He doesn't need it's to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do one thing and do it well, and never do anything else. Has yeah, been my mantra. One. That's my mantra. Yeah. You know, make make a man invisible. He'll he'll be invisible for a day, but 
teach a man <laughs> to be invisible. invisible. He's he's gonna be invisible anyway. What other movie <laughs> did you watch? Uh, uh, I watched. Um, they will not grow old. Is that the World War Two one one two one? Yeah, no, the they, Peter they shall one. not grow old. Yeah, um, really good. The restoration is kind of weird. They kind of don't like. I don't know what I was expecting, but um, they do that kind of thing where. Uh, if you've ever seen the third Star Wars movie and Anakin's face is like rapidly morphing during different scenes, you know, mm. when he's like talking to Palpatine, they kind of do that over the footage. And um, it's a little bit weird. And I cannot make out for the life of me what half of the soldiers are saying. So this is a, a closed caption viewing. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's because they're all, well, I mean, aren't you the European expert? Aren't those all European soldiers? They are European. Unfortunately, the dialect did change between 1950 and, and today. So it's essentially, yeah. Well, what European country well are back. they from, though? England. It yeah, was European. They're, no, it they're wasn't even European. They're not the EU, then. all right? They don't count. No. Well, I'm freshly, we're freshly out of the European Union, but I'm still, you know what? We, we, we still haven't figured it out, so. I'm keeping my status on passport. Um, <laughs> and uh, finally, I saw Mewtwo Strikes Back in 3D on Netflix. Oh, oh. yeah. Not, not like actual, like, put on your glasses 3D. They just made the characters, they gave them an extra dimension. They did give them an extra dimension, no. This was a glasses-free experience, I'm excited to say. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, it was good. My major takeaway was that um, it's just a shot-for-shot remake of the 2D. And the people, the human characters look terrible, um, but the uh, the actual Pokemon look pretty sick. And uh, uh, okay. the composition does, does, of that movie is sick. Sorry. Oh yeah. Does does Dragonite look? Does do people like Dragonite oh, now? Did they no. fix him? Did we ever like Dragonite? I, Dragonite's I like Dragonite. so weird. Dragonite's weird to me because I like Dratini and Dragonair way better, and then he looks way different. It's kind of like when you have that athletic kid in, co- in uh, high school and then he gets into college and he, he just, he, you know, he just packs it on and you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. sucks I for you. I just like, I like the dragon like snake type design and then they're just like, oh no, this guy's just a dragon. Just yeah, no, one. my whole thing was I didn't even know that, that Dragonite evolved from those other two. So I was just like, this is a big goofy looking <laughs> dragon. I love him. He is pretty. He's he looks a, straight he from like he looks Doesn't straight he from like that a, like kid show from uh, like the nineties called Dragon Tales. Yes, Dude, he does look that. like a Dragon, Dragon Tales. Tales. Dragon Tales is the shit. It is so oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I we go gotta, Dragon we gotta watch every that day. for this podcast, Phoebe. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm sure they made a movie somewhere in there. They had to. It's an epic tale. I could easily see like a gritty Dragon Tales movie coming out. <laughs> mm, it, it would be nice so movie. easy to do. It is easy reboot material. Greater Hollywood, you're all out of work. You're listening. That's what <laughs> yeah. you need to make. They got yeah. Like, what they do is they do a um, a hook, and it's the two kids. They grew up, and they go back home, and they find the whatever fucking thing that takes them to Dragonland. Oh, yes. All the dragons are big and scary now, and it's been like and a thousand just, years. No, they just I find out that. that their parents were feeding them LSD the whole time. They mm. actually weren't Whoa. going to anything. And they, yeah. they have to reconcile that their parents <laughs> were horrible people. <laughs> and then they, like, take hard drugs and kill their parents. And in yes. that moment, they see the dragons, like, all with their hands around the knife. 
and it's yeah. kind of like this really it's cathartic wow. and the, that's yeah. really good that's really yeah. good oh and i got it for you you call it dragon tales colon chasing the dragon oh, whoa yeah. now it's coming together I like it. Okay. I like it. And it's, okay. I, I could see that final scene. They're like singing the theme song too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Guys, I got Harvey Weinstein on the phone. He wants the rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those situations they don't prepare you for. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the guy who answers the phone for the prison is going to be very confused. <laughs> <laughs> when you know, you don't understand. Harvey I have a dragon big scale pitch. and escaped. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. It's just. <laughs> Where did he go? He said he was going to the land of dragons? In a world apart. (laughs) And then he vanished in a multi-technicolor flurry of dragon uh, wallpaper. (laughs) Honestly, I wouldn't put it past him at this rate. I I do want to see Mewtwo Strikes Back, though. Um, Mainly just because I haven't seen that uh, original Pokemon movie in a while, and that was one of my favorites as a kid. So good. I remember my parents, like, classic, like, taping it, like, taking a blank, like... VHS tape and like taping it for me on TV, like a classic, classic way to do something. And uh, I just watched that all the time, cried for sure. I remember crying mm-hmm. at the end. Matt Beebe will attest that I'm a 2D animation stan. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this movie really goes to show how 3D can be so much benefited by pre visualization, just because all of the composures are pretty much kept the same, just with like enhanced lighting, enhanced like particles. Um, mm-hmm. Everything they knew they try to do is very weird and wrong, but um, yeah. when they copy direct from the source, it is it is very cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. interested in looking at it. Did they uh, did they keep the very cool '90s soundtrack for this one too? Oh yeah, big yes. time! Hell yeah, a big yeah. Time. I had the uh, I had the the CD as as a child, and I would listen to that a whole lot. Uh, so I'm glad they they kept that one. Uh, with all my favorite artists who I could definitely name if you asked me. <laughs> all those like high tenor boy band sounds that sort of sink into the back of your brain. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know they're all there. I love it. Um, but yeah, we did watch another movie this week, one that we can all share an experience with. Um, and that was, of course, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, if you're wa- If you've watched it, you know... The name drop comes right in. I texted John, just like Suicide Squad. Uh, they give you the name of the movie right in the movie. But yeah. before before we that's, do that, well, we that's should... when I that's when I challenged BB to um, tell me exactly uh, how Portrait of Lady on Fire is exactly like Suicide Squad because I think yeah, well, there's an argument there, right? There, there. That is one of the many, many ways it is similar to the cinema classic Suicide Squad. Uh, but <laughs> this we should is a probably movie do podcast. What was that? <laughs> this is a this is a movie review podcast. This is some kind of podcast. We, yeah, we usually just uh, take movies and we're like, okay, how is this related to Suicide Squad? Like, right. how did they? Okay. How did? Mm. How were these filmmakers inspired by? I see. Like, I see. The, film, the, yeah. the award best winning film of all time. Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, like, it's true. Oscar winner it. Suicide Squad. Like, I see a bits and pieces of Suicide Squad in every movie, and I'm just like, I need to make a podcast off this because everyone's clearly copying this this brilliant mm-hmm. movie. So. Yeah, I will That's say uh, Suicide Squad has one more Oscar than this movie. So, uh, yeah, but that's <laughs> France's fault. That's France's fault. Guaranteed yeah. rotten. Portrait of on fire. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, France's fault, but it's also uh, Parasite's fault because Parasite 
It was pretty good. Yeah. It's that's yeah. The boat <laughs> distributed by Neon though, which I for whatever reason I thought this was A twenty four, but Neon decided they would take all the ones that weren't in English and, and go for that. I was yeah, shocked to find this was not an A twenty four picture. I was it's... totally shocked. This has got like every dripping of A twenty four written all over it easily. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like even the cut, like the poster for it, like everything just seems like the title, like it just seems like it's gonna be it, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we should probably do general impressions. Uh, John, why don't you start? Uh, yeah, sure. I so I talked about this on the podcast before because I saw it in December, maybe. Yeah, December, beginning of December, but for the first time. I rewatched it this week because. Um, it's on Hulu now. That's the main reason we're doing this, because it's on Hulu now. Mm. Um, I rewatched it with my girlfriend, because she hadn't seen it yet. Brag. Um, yes, I do have a girlfriend, everybody. Um, and wow. Yeah. This, I, that's, it was as good, maybe even a little better, than the first time I saw it. I still... There are a bunch of like thoughts I have. I've written down notes for this one, because there are a bunch of... like things I missed the first time that I think are actually pretty brilliant that I might just talk about probably in spoilers. I think there's a lot of subtle details I missed the first time that I saw this time and I'm like, oh, this movie's like really, really well made and well written. Like it seemed like um, just like it seemed it seemed like something that had been written for a while, had been written down for a while and been in the process of writing for a while because there's just a lot, a lot of stuff, even though it doesn't seem like there's a lot, you know? It's a fairly simple movie. I was talking to like one of my friends who just saw it too, and he was like, "Nothing happens," which is kind of true, but but there's it, it, I don't know. There, it, there's a lot that there's a lot of little things um, that are hard. It's hard to notice speaking English too, um, because you have to read subtitles. Um, and this time, I was able to to notice a lot more. I still think it's super beautiful. It reminds me. If you've seen Call Me By Your Name, it, re- it just has the similar similar vibes to Call Me By Your Name. Of course, they're both about gay relationships, which is one thing that they have in common. But I really think the vibe, they both have the same vibe. They both take place in beautiful places in Europe. They're both like beautifully shot movies. They're both super relaxing, even though both of them have a lot of moments that aren't relaxing to me. Um, I still like chill to both these movies. Like I could just put it on in the background, I feel like, and enjoy myself. Um, and I still think, yeah, I just think it's a, the way I, I, I recommended this to my grandma and I described it to her as a, a very beautiful, beautifully made movie. And I, I think that describes it perfectly to me. I still loved it this time around. You recommended it to your grandma. That's very progressive of you. How old's yeah. your grandma? My grandma's like sixty. Okay. Five. So I don't know. Some That's a young grandma. Yeah, my yeah. grandma's young. My grandma's young. Your mm. your grandma. I'm not even gonna say that because I have family that will not like that. But yeah, I've got <laughs> very close family that are your grandmother's age. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, Interesting. What are your guys' thoughts? Who wants to go next? Yeah, Theo. What What do you think? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, So, yeah, you know, just going off that, I will say there's definitely some sort of soft-spoken YouTube video out there comparing Call Me By Your Name and this movie in a very sort of like plinky-plonky, irritating way. I won't do that. I will say I enjoyed this a little bit more um, than Call Me By Your Name for me. Uh, 
I've always felt that female characters are a little bit more emotionally intuitive. And I guess, you know, that's a crucial difference between these two. But, um, and that film was great as well, but it wasn't great for me. Uh, I'm just going to go down. I had, I had a little notepad that I've been, I was scrolling um, notes in while I was watching this. And this was, you know, because of the quarantine, I've just been drinking pretty much as soon as the clock strikes three, with the exception of today, because I don't want oh, okay. to <laughs> mess up the flow. Sober but, um, podcast. Can I Straight just edge. say? that the save the cat moment in this movie was that cheese bread eating scene at midnight. I was like, that's relatable as hell. You oh, know? Yeah. When she's yeah. chowing oh, yeah. down on that bread and she's like, where's the wine? I was like, I'm right there with you, sister. You know? so <laughs> she, that, she goes ham on that bread. She just she digs right in. in. She goes in. And I was like, all right, all right. I, 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 I get the vibe. I get the vibe. Um, I loved how, um, well, I guess this won't get into spoiler territory, but um, the performances were incredible, especially by the uh, painter. Um, totally bought everything she was putting out there. Um, and I think it was probably a directorial decision not to include too, too much dialogue to make it more accessible, you know. Um, and maybe that's a trait among French films. I have no idea. Um, but... Uh, the stillness and especially the lack of non-diegetic like sound like there was no music in this that didn't come from the actual scene like there's one scene where like a bunch of women around a fire like invent the thx zines. i was gonna say yeah sounds. that's <laughs> but like well, this podcast is specifically gonna be about that scene by the way i'd like to have so many notes on that, oh, that yeah. moment totally break I that just, down i i couldn't because it sounded like a horror movie when it started this is oh, yeah. barely spoiler but it like I was like, what is this sort of like rising pitch? And then you see all the women and they're, I'm like, wait, this is the TX, THX logo. <laughs> and I'd love a cut of that little fat robot wheeling in and like <laughs> oh, yeah. opening up her um, womb. No, that would be fucked up. <laughs> Please meme. Someone meme. You know whose womb if you've watched the movie. But anyway, okay. um, so so we'll break that down a little bit on later because that definitely gets sort of into the uh, greater spoilery themes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just think that um, so... I think one of the biggest criticisms that recent movies get is that they feel more like rides than they do immersive experiences. And um, I will say that the soundtrack in this, or, la or like whatever it is, the, the sound editing, just totally brought me in. I was so immersed so so immersed i was gripped um so i guess that's pretty much all i got in terms of non-spoiler stuff so i'll just hand it off to the mc mb uh yeah no uh i yeah i liked it and you i i mirror a lot of the things that you guys said i thought it was really interesting you like theo said how still the movie was uh i also noticed a lot there was very, very little dialogue or what dialogue there was was very spaced out um but something that really captured me was the uh sort of camera the the cinematography the um i just thought it was funny because it seemed like a lot of this movie was the dp probably were like all right sticks are down you guys go i'm gonna take lunch because like so many shots are just locked into one frame and there are things going on that we can't see but we can hear 
Um, and it sort of refuses to give us perspective in certain scenes that I thought was really effective. Like one moment I really liked was uh, where the painter is wearing the green dress and the, uh, what's her name, blonde girl comes in and she has to run away and take off the dress because she doesn't want to see her, her to see her in the green dress. Um, and the whole scene you see through like this mirror on the floor and you just hear shuffling around and someone coming into the room. And I'm like, this is... It's just not at all sort of something I'm used to seeing, and I thought it was so interesting to get a lot of these shots that were just uh, completely locked off um, and, and giving us that weird sort of different perspective and making us sort of listen to the scene. That was a very specific thing for general impressions. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, overall, I, I think you guys really nailed it as far as just, like, it's a very quiet, extremely subtle movie subtle to the point where it's easy to miss if you're not paying a hundred percent attention, which I think there's some negative criticism out there. Um, you know, people will obviously say it's boring as they will with these movies, but I, I think it's a really a testament to the directing and the acting of how, how finely tuned, uh, everything in the movie is. Yeah. I agree with almost everything you guys said. For sure. Definitely. Almost. Almost everything. Uh-oh. Here comes contrarian yeah. John Jor. Oh, <laughs> right. Again with the devil's there? advocate, John Jor. I'm sick no, of it. I'm just going to play devil's this advocate guy, here. You come into a room and you look for the first thing to criticize, and that's that's you. And that's <laughs> play devil's advocate here. Where were the men, guys? All right? hey Where were the boys in <laughs> this movie? Why no portrait right? of a man on ice? Yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Liberal Hollywood idea. won't give us the portrait of the man. Mm. <laughs> Oh, uh, do we want to take it to Spoiler Town, France? We we might as well. We might as well hop in the van and go on down to Spoiler Town. Nice. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, we're there. Nice okay, point. here we are. Welcome everybody. Uh, so I guess we'll just uh, we could probably walk through this movie because it is. Uh, oh, another general impression that I didn't give is it did definitely feel longer than two hours for me. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to say that's a bad thing, but it was one of those things where I paused in the middle and was like oh i'm still in the middle uh i i thought it was definitely not uh it, it felt longer than it was um this but anyway was, can i just interject there because i did yeah. the exact same thing and i will say this is the perfect movie to fall asleep to if mm. you would like to fall asleep this is a great oh movie God. and it's that great to true. watch but if you want to fall asleep you could pick no better movie to fall asleep to uh, case in point, I watched this for about 45 minutes before totally falling asleep and then having to resume not but an hour and 15 minutes ago. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, nice. but, but like I said, that's not to the movie's detriment. That's actually a plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm actually a person who used to fall asleep to movies all the time. And this is my dream until you get to the campfire scene and then you wake up. That's true. Sweating. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually it's like, um, do you? You know, have have either of you seen Citizen Kane? I haven't. I just know about this no, one I thing. I haven't either. Yeah, it's uh, there's a scene in Citizen Kane that starts with like a bird squawking, like a really loud bird squawk. Apparently, they put that in uh, in editing because someone, some producer, some executive said the movie was too boring and they needed a moment to wake the mo- the audience up. <laughs> Hmm. Just add a bird, like an so alarm So they add clock. this insanely loud bird, start the scene like, ah! 
and it wakes everyone up. So that was probably what that was uh, for in this movie was the the fire scene. Oh wow! Yeah, That's okay. I thought it was actually good writing, but I guess it's just actually, producers wanted to make money. I yeah. had I had a similar thought about you know sitting around a Parisian table of producers and one of them piping up. And it's specifically about the scene where um, they have some sort of weird poultice that they rub in each other's armpits, you know? I was oh. like, I was like, I got the sense that a French producer was like, it'd be better if we saw some action, no? And the director was like, oh, shit, what can I do that will not affect the story writ large, but will give him some action? And mm. it was just very sensually in kind of like one of those YouTube style videos of close up images that you mm -hmm. don't know what it is until you zoom all the way back. They do a lot of that. Very suggestive. But hey, I woke me up. I was awake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I 100 percent thought that was a, a vagina for like the first five seconds. I was oh, like, yeah. whoa, we're Look right here. Fun bait and switch. They got me in the first half for sure. Yeah, they had me in the first half. It was no, it was just armpit drugs, I guess. <laughs> Classic. Now listen, and that's how you knew chance. they were French. She had a long look at those things. It was like, woo wee, where are the oh, garden yeah. shears? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> woo. So you do need armpit hair to take these armpit drugs, or I have no idea. Can you go hairless, just skin on that? Maybe I wonder like if deodorants are like mind control, you know, Holy, from the government. Oh my god. Uh you know what? This is actually an avenue I want to go down. Now everybody. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Listen, up. can we consider that maybe this coronavirus is mind control? Wow. And they're just making us stay in our house to take our armpit drugs so they can steal our mail. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They want right. our mail. They knew they wanted They want mail. my unemployment checks. <laughs> I can just imagine Donald Trump sneaking out up outside Theo's apartment and That's stealing his, like, $600 check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, it's mine. Got him, boys. <laughs> yeah. No, you joke, but this, we're all going to come out of this so fucked up in the head. I don't know about you guys, but since the advent of quarantine, I have just been falling down YouTube hole after YouTube hole. I'm convinced that pederodactyls are still around mm, this is okay. where i'm at right now i've listened to enough videos on the subject to think hey crazier it's... things have happened <laughs> <laughs> all right but yeah. there you have it they're they're still alive they're flying around yeah so now that we've established that um we should establish that the movie starts out uh and and painter ladies I, i'm gonna have to look up her name her art class yeah, uh, uh, her she, name's just like Melanie or something, right? Or the God, what is her name? Wait, I wrote it uh, down. Yeah, the one is Emile, I think. The her name is Marianne, one? the painter. Marianne. And, Marianne uh, and, oh, this and is Heloise. a guest snipe. Heloise, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, Mar Marianne's teaching her class. Uh, she does. Uh, so that's it, huh? Or some kind of portrait, portrait of a lady on yeah. fire. Now, I actually have an umbrage with this because. She was talking while they were painting her. She was like, don't make sure you get my side like this and like this. And it's like, lady, you don't know what I'm doing. Like, don't try and train me while I'm drawing you. You don't know what I'm doing. You know, it just was Not like, oh, teacher. you know, I got to say up until the bread eating scene, I was kind of against her for that. <laughs> okay. This, yeah. That scene brought me around. Okay. Yeah. So we... A painting that we actually never see being painted is the portrait of a lady on fire. Which, by the way, I would purchase immediately for. Uh, it wasn't uh, yeah. a portrait. 
No one really addresses that. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like a either. tiny little woman on fire in the middle of a storm. Yeah, it was more yeah. of a landscape with a lady mm. on fire, sort of featured. So right off the bat, um, bad Marianne, movie. Marianne is an awful teacher. Like I don't know yeah. how she got into yeah. this business. She, she doesn't know what the fuck. This is kind of like a fish out of water story about a yeah. dumbass French <laughs> art teacher. You know, no, no, no. Doesn't know no. what a portrait yeah. is. Doesn't it did throw me. Yeah, this is more of a school of rock where the actual uh, painter like got sick, and so she went in her place yeah. and had to pretend Yo. she knew how to paint. God, school of um, rock's a classic. We, we should do an episode on school of rock. Yeah, sure. Um, Dire- director of Boyhood. School of Rock. Yeah. Oh, is that? Oh, it is. Yeah. That's wild. What do you know? Um, Yeah, she jumps in the ocean to save a canvas. I actually didn't get what that was necessarily about. When she jumps in the ocean, what was she going after? Did you guys catch that? I think it was a canvas. Yeah. Yeah, just, I guess it's like a blank canvas or something. Yeah, that she was bringing Those guys weren't very helpful. I'd expect a big strapping man to jump in there around that time, you know? Yeah, but she she jumped in like full, fully like wearing that heavy cloth dress. Mm -hmm. I was like, Jesus, I guess canvas is kind of hard to come by. Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. It was her well, clearly not her only one because she did do two paintings eventually. Um, But yeah, the the main thrust is uh, she's got to paint. I've already forgotten her name. She's got to paint blonde lady or or Eloise. Marianne has to paint Eloise without Eloise knowing that she is being painted uh, in a great sort of caper situation. Yes. And Um, I noticed, I noticed a lot more of the humor around that, the second viewing around, um, and sort of just like when they go out to the, to the beach and like, she's like trying her heart. She's like looking, staring at her a lot, like trying to hide it. mm -hmm. Um, and Eloise can like tell and their little like duel of sorts where she like keeps looking at her and then like looking away. Yeah. yeah, they keep, like, stealing glances at each other, you know. And obviously we can tell by the level of, like, focus for Marianne that it's for her painting. But Heloise is kind of, like, you know, trying to figure it out. But here's the big red flag for me. The one rule in my house is no queer baiting. No queer baiting allowed. <laughs> if you queer bait, you got to give me a bite. That's the thing. I got to <laughs> see the bite happen. It's got to happen somewhere in the movie. And this is the spoiler talk, so we'll get into it later, but... I saw that and I was like, I was like, I I know, but I want to let Matt get to it. it. But, uh, but I saw that and I was like, whoa, there better be something here. You know, (laughs) very, yeah. Did did you not know going into this movie that this was, uh, was, was a, a queer, uh, film? I did not know. I did not know at all. I, I don't watch trailers or read anything about movies anymore. Oh, Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I knew. I somehow did not avoid that fact. I usually try yeah, to avoid. I remember seeing the trailer and being like, "Well, that's a gay movie." Um, <laughs> and now I have confirmation. Yes, it was. I remember a gay movie. seeing this in the theater with our mutual friend Eric, big anime boy Eric and Dell. Yes. And I'm going, I kind of want to see that. And he go, he goes, "What? <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely totally not the movie that. for every person." Is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she, there, oh yeah, there's that, we established her sister committed suicide, probably, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, really, 
it, it was tense, but it was also the beginning of the movie, so I wasn't super worried. But there is that moment where she starts sprinting like towards the edge of the cliff, which yeah. um, I think is a great. I think that's a really good moment because we don't see her face until that mm-hmm. moment either. It's just like a brilliant reveal of her almost. Yeah, um, totally. Because she's it's super well paced too. Like she's or uh, Marianne like walks down the stairs to see her like all cloaked up, can't even see what she looks like, and Eloise like immediately walks out the door without like turning around to acknowledge her and just like starts walking. Um, yeah. And we're like just told that her sister basically jumped off a cliff. So, um, and now we're, we're going to see her just run to the edge of the cliff and then turn around and reveal herself and say, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was, uh, especially because um, I feel like, this must might be a stretch. I feel like turning around is almost like a big or, or revealing the face is like a big sort of motif in this movie. Cause you have so many scenes where the freaky, like ghost version of, of Eloise yeah. sort of appears behind her. And they talk about that one story where I forget it was, it was it's a mythology Orpheus, story. Orpheus. Yeah. Yes. Or, yeah. It's, yeah. And, it, turning around is like a big theme throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So there were multiple moments where, I did start singing uh, "Total Eclipse of the Heart." Uh, Turn just, around. Yeah, nice. it, I, this, it, someone could easily. Add, it's like an easy bait to just edit. We need the map this movie to that song. Just, oh, that yeah. song at four different times in the movie. <laughs> Honestly, I was thinking about like how you could make like a stupid, stupid modernized version of like you have the intro where she's like, "Oh, that painting, it's from a long time ago," and then you get the voiceover over the top, and it was like. And that was the start of the craziest two weeks of my life. And then you get like the the eighties music coming in and the opening credits. Yeah, it would be, it would be and then, easy. Uh, Benny Hill as she's running towards the cliff. <laughs> That'd be That's wild. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get the Snyder cut on this one. I think I'm is excited. what we all agree. Yeah. I would love um, if Dan Snyder like was given all the footage from this movie and, and he Dan was like, okay, Snyder. Our da- da- Dan, Dan Snyder. Snyder. Dan Schneider from uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah, from iCar. <laughs> if he was given And a man this. who's evaded cancellation despite <laughs> every odd. Yes, he's he's held strong, that Dan Snyder. But give, me, give me the Schneider cut. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Miranda Cosgrove's in this one. <laughs> God. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so this is sort of the initial thing. Uh, she talks about her ear hole a little bit, uh, and is sort of examining every detail of her ear. Mm-hmm. And she starts a painting, the uh, the portrait in secret. And that's just sort of like, from what I remember, that's like the first half of the movie is them just sort of like stealing glances and. Uh, not talking a whole lot, and her just continuing to paint this first version of the of the portrait. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty much. It, it, and uh, the first version turns out pretty poorly, just because she's smiling in it, and she doesn't smile. Mm-hmm. Eloise doesn't smile. That's true. No. Um, it's also uh, her explaining like her her uh, marriage situation, in which because her sister killed herself, she now has to take that or that marriage. Um, and marry this dude she doesn't know, mm-hmm. um, who's from Italy. 
Uh, yeah, Milan. Milan, darling. Yes. Milan, which, funnily enough, is where uh, Luca Guadagnino lives, director of Call Me By Your Name. Wow. Maybe, oh. maybe she marries an actor. Maybe it was him. Maybe a little. It that would was be cool. him. Yeah. It was Luca. Honestly, that guy, he's, he's, he's a wild character. He like lives in a castle. It could have been him. Yeah. yeah. Of course he lives <laughs> This whole movie was, uh, it took place during modern times, and that island they lived on was just like uh, the village situation. They just all pretended like it was 1700. Yeah, it was yeah. like Midsommar. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like this theory. Yeah. This is my this is my Snowpiercer Willy Wonka theory. Is <laughs> Did you watch the video, by the way? Should that we do a follow-up on that? I still have not watched that video. I'll get I, to it. I rewatched it. It's actually pretty... It's pretty. The sequel part is actually better than I remember. It, oh, it, okay. There's, it's legit. I'm okay, sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's just also a, worth mentioning uh, the the housemaid as well. Oh yeah, right, she's, Sophie. She's a, she's kind of barely there in the first half, mm-hmm. you know. But um, she's got a lot to do later. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing is like after this first half, that's I think part of the reason why the movie felt a lot longer than it was for me was because. I expected the movie to be just over this course of like six days. She finishes the painting and that's the big thing. But then no, halfway through she finishes it and they're like, no, now this whole other thing's going to happen. And the mom goes away and it's, it's girls night uh, all week. Sleepover. Uh, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> they do classic the girls sleepover, sleepover is. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> they paint each other's nails. They call boys on the phone. And they get abortion. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is a classic well, girl. Yeah, and that was the thing is they they introduce uh, Marianne getting her period, which was an inconvenient time for that. And then the housemaid is just like, oh, yeah, I haven't got my period in three months. It's like, yeah, and that's all of that's I'm not like, supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was sort of my big question of like, well, wait, but who? Because there are no men in this movie. There are, but there, there aren't. There's one man, right? And then all the guys at the end uh, in the gallery. All right. Yeah, yeah. There's one person. There's one man that shows up at this home, at some mm-hmm. point, and yeah. that's one of the things I wanted to touch on is sort of that there are no men in the movie, but I feel like this big theme of it is sort of you feel their presence the whole time, mm-hmm. just yeah, sort of this true. this looming like it, because the movie is a little bit about the patriarchy, everyone, um, and so you have this like you know she's gonna get married to this guy, but we never see him. We just know that's like the looming threat and. You know, Sophie's pregnant, but we have no idea who got her pregnant. We never saw it happen. It's mm-hmm. just that's what it is now. And um, Marianne's father owns the paint company portrait business or whatever, and he's never around. And she ha- doesn't exactly live in her shadow, but she's never going to have all the opportunities he did because she's a woman. And like she says in the movie, she can never be great. And so that's where this sort of at this point in the movie, that kind of sinks in. And I thought that was really effective. Um, yeah, that's true. They're I, they're I like liked. all yeah. They're all technically kind of there because they're all, all their all their issues are obviously seem to be caused by some some man who who isn't there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, she's she's prego, um, but that's not super important at the moment. Because uh, she's got to start this new painting, and Eloise has agreed, I will pose for this painting. Um, mm-hmm. She has to do this really awkward arm thing, which I was like, man, that can't be comfortable. But she th- she said it was comfortable, BB, right? She was, oh, asked, all right. she was asked, you comfortable? And she, she said, yeah. 
she was she was all in. All right. <laughs> but I would uh, not be comfortable either. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, no, her arm was all the way up there. Uh, but yeah, what anything else notable that I'm forgetting sort of going into this thing? Because um, uh, there's got to be something before the big campfire scene. Because if there's not, we can jump into the big campfire scene. Well, doesn't um, uh, the, the abortion happen about... before? Oh, no, the abortion's in the, or the abortion's after the campfire scene, right? Yeah, no. Oh, right. They do their wacky uh, housewives abortion treatments on Sophie to try and yeah. see if they can just do it. I would um, love to have seen, like, Planned Parenthood scrolled out, like, over the top <laughs> of the door. Or, like, ye olde Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Ye uh, old let's, let's edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about this Yikes. one? It, I, it seemed good, like a good idea on set. I don't know. <laughs> it looked like it really yeah. fit. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're kind of just... I don't know. I, when BB like messaged me today saying that that <laughs> that side plot just came out of nowhere, I was like, yeah, I guess it was like a way. I don't know. Really got them closer to each other because it didn't. The first half of the movie, they weren't. They weren't really in. Con- they were all doing their own thing. It felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and then when that happened, they were like finally together, and they were bonding, and they started playing. I, I'm pretty sure they were playing Egyptian Rat Screw. I'm not sure though. They were. That, yeah. That's what if I thought. I, I, I can't get uh, too woke on you as well. This was like the first moment, too, where like a woman took control. She was like, I do not want this baby. I'm not going to let it happen to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was kind of an empowering thing. You know, they, they even uh, like stage it back at the house so it can be like captured by uh, Marianne on uh, canvas. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of that, that was a, an interesting thing of like, yeah, it's... I guess I don't have too much more to say. It's just, it's interesting because the, the main, the mom leaves and now it's just the three of them. And now they can literally do whatever they want because they're just in this chateau on this deserted island. And it's like, it's, it's almost like those, those things that were holding them down, those patriarchal sort of things have been lifted. And, and yeah. now it's like, we can run on the beach until no more baby. Like, let's do it. Yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. Let's play hotbox until our uterus. Falls out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like it reminds me of, like those weeks where weeks at work where you're like boss is just gone for a week or something, and everyone's mm-hmm. just like, oh, this this week we're free. Like I gotta get wor- a- I gotta get work done, but I can just run down the halls and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, or when like when you were a kid and you had a sleepover and you were supposed to be in bed, oh. but you're talking, you're talking about snacks and stuff, and dad opens the door, oh, oh, and then it's like, ah, oh, no, no, as soon as it's closed again, you were, we're talking again. Yeah, so <laughs> once again, it's, this is just it, a giant sleepover, this movie. Yeah, yeah. no, it is, um, but yeah, so, yeah, we get to uh, the big campfire scene which is just again a bunch of women hanging out having a good time singing the thx sound and then singing a song that kind of slaps if i'm being honest oh, i time. listened to that song a lot when i first saw this movie that song's good. yeah um but yeah this scene is i don't know i keep going back i can't stop thinking about it because it like plays this moment and then the final scene plays so well with the rest of the movie um just because like if these two scenes were in any other movie they would just be scenes in a movie that i would i don't think would be as memorable and it's because how of how quiet the rest of the movie is that these scenes really stand out and like explode in your face and you're like oh Mm. something's happening 
and yeah. you're like, oh, something's like this is it. Um, and like I got the second time I had chills the whole time because I was like, oh my god, this is just like it plays out perfectly. Um, after you've seen it one time, it just plays out perfectly, knowing what happens after. Um, I I love and then of course it ends with Eloise on fire. It's the moment. Yeah, the money shot. Yeah, that's right. Which looked, I don't know how they like, did, I guess they, she probably had like, you know, some sort of crazy leggings or anything. But like, I've heard that whenever you want to set somebody on fire, it's like a big deal. You know, you can't often do that. So I'm wondering like, Jesus Christ, if you told me I have to set myself on fire during a take, I'd be like, can we get the double in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She handles it very well. She's very stoic. I mean, clearly the character doesn't give a shit. So kudos to the actress for also not looking like she gave a shit yeah um, and then true. falling over like a mm-hmm. full fall over that's yeah. a huge thing too um yeah uh so yeah and then we get i think this is sort of a little bit of a lead-in to the to the big abortion scene where she's like the, the lady said i'm still pregnant but come back to her in two days um and after the some, camp i think right after actually right after the campfire is when they first kiss because it, it cuts to them on the beach mm-hmm. and she runs into the cave and uh, Marianne follows her and then they kiss for the first time. Yeah, big smooch. Now, Theo, how did you feel having not been queer-beated at this point? Uh, this was a moment of revelation, of rapture. That I threw my hands up and I cheered. I took a <laughs> screen cap. I took my phone out and took a couple photos. And I think this is a moment I want to remember for the rest of my life. The, the, the one time, the one time, and I, anybody listening out there, count how many times you get queer baited everyday life. Count how many times it happens. It happens all the time in every piece of media they queer bait the hell out of you and they never deliver and they delivered and boy it was like i was a kid on christmas i couldn't wait to unwrap all my little queer presents um (laughs) and i was like this is only the first day of queer christmas i got like 35 more minutes of queer christmas i can't wait (laughs) you know so i was i was over the moon i was over the moon thank you for asking yeah no of course i mean everyone i'm sure you you're infinitely frustrated whenever you listen to big boy movies because this is sort of a giant queer bait um (laughs) yeah you know i mean like i wasn't gonna say it but (laughs) (laughs) yeah now we're saving that for episode 100 the the big payoff it's gonna be a big Um, payoff have you ever seen someone make out on a podcast audio (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is kind of an interesting twist though because the covid prevents you from making out it's kind of like a natural thing so this is how you're going to celebrate when the quarantine lifts (laughs) you will kiss each other and this is a promise because as i said before we don't queer bait we don't that's true yeah john and i are both going to buy tickets to kansas and finally meet marty there (laughs) and we're all gonna buy tickets to wuhan yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) i'm invincible (laughs) yeah um, but yeah, we're going to do a big a market. Oh, no, no. That's what <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to do a big three way kiss me and John and, and Martin Scorsese all. Yeah. Nice. It's going to um, be a great moment. But so jumping back into the movie, they kiss and this is where things really start uh, flying by. Uh, we, we never see any, any sexual things. They keep it very tasteful um, and they get, Again, armpit drugs, 
with probably the closest thing we get to sex in the movie was that armpit moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so then it's then it's the abortion scene, which I really, really didn't think was going to happen, and it happens right there in front of our face. Yeah, that scene's pretty... I forgot about that scene going into the set, like the second one, and... What the second watch through when it started happening, I was like, "Oh yeah, there's a there's a baby next to her the whole time," and mm-hmm. it just makes yeah. That's one of those moments where I like, I don't know if the metaphor is too heavy handed or if it's okay, you know, because like she is just like truly having like a backy back backyard barn abortion, mm-hmm. like and then like looking at this baby and like squeezing it as it's like touching her nose, and it is very sad. But I'm like, fuck, is this like, I don't even know. I mean, I guess they set it up because like there are like four other children in that. I mean, mm-hmm. that abortionist seems to yeah. not be able to. Uh, never mind. Let's cut that. I could see like both you know. sides of that. Like, I definitely think it's like the most obvious, like the, the most obvious uh, visual visualization. You're like, oh, yeah, I obviously know what this what they're trying to say with this. But I think it needs to be obvious because like. I don't like abortion. It's it's probably very a very emotionally painful thing to go through too, mm. and probably and that scene. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like that scene. You can see the pain from like the physical pain, but I feel like the baby provides the emotional pain too. So yeah, they don't they don't play up the physical very much in it. It's not because yeah. like you'd expect a lesser movie to have her be screaming or something like ridiculous. <gasps> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the baby comes out and like runs out the door. <laughs> and the abortion has to like catch it with a dog catcher net from like the 1950s. <laughs> we got it. Don't worry, guys. Movie. Turns into a horror movie all of a sudden. There, there were a few yeah. moments where I thought this was going to turn into a horror movie, honestly. The campfire. Um, you were, yeah. You were like, uh oh. It has this kind of like ambient, like brutal affect, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like if someone, some, you know, this is. I don't even know when the movie set, obviously in a time like well before the industrial revolution or anything, but it's like, like there are, the stakes here are truly like life and death at any point you could be sick and die like Mm -hmm. anything. Um, so that aspect of it, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to see like that aspect of ancient culture that they obviously have always had, but realized and, um, put out on screen because I don't, especially in America, I don't think we're exposed to anything like that. It's, it's too hot, like in a mm-hmm. controversial way. Yeah. <laughs> no. And we, we only like things hot when it's in the sexy way. So yeah, can't, can't have those movies over here. This is a lesbian That's movie right. and I don't get to see how hot they are. And... This is definitely a movie where like the red blooded American dad is like excited to see some action and then the <laughs> editing choice of like cutting away and then just post coital right after. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, no. <laughs> Why did I bring my son to this? And he's like Googling like sex scenes, like director's cut sex scenes. <laughs> 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 like on his phone in the theater. Release yeah, like, the Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. Every every time it cuts to the the post coitus, he just gets up and he's like, "Come on!" <laughs> throws his baseball hat on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he like follows Donald Trump on Twitter, and this is what it puts him over the edge. <laughs> he's like, "I can't have anything." Yeah, this is, this is how he was there. radicalized. That's how. The, <laughs> yeah. If it was um, this movie instead of Parasite, 
that won like the Oscar. That's what Donald Trump would be saying about it on his speech. That like stupid oh speech God. where he criticized Parasite. He just yeah. Up. Well, that's the thing is like Parasite is obvious. It's like clearly more of a universal message because it is just class. Yeah. Whereas this is very specific and targeted. Like if this had won uh, Best Picture, I mean, a movie that like shows abortion and is like it's it doesn't say like abortion good, but it certainly you know doesn't uh go the other way at all um i mean there's no like i don't know there's no struggle like the conflict is isn't like her like i feel like it isn't her trying to get it or in most yeah i feel like it's like should i do it can i do it she she literally like went up to the abortionist at a party presumably yeah Yeah. like you know it's, it's just such an ingrained part of life that i think you know we like I said before, like we never really see, we never really see that. And, and unless it's, as Matt said, under the like context of it being some sort of like alien three horror movie scene, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Movie. I wonder if like uh, back, I wonder if like in those times, like I wonder if abortion is more of a hot topic now than it was then. Like, I wonder if like back then, like people didn't care as much. I think back then it just like wasn't it just wasn't talked about. It was probably you knew it happened and it was frowned upon, but there was no argument of like should this be legal or anything like that. It was just like if you really want one, there's there's an old lady in a shack and, <laughs> and you could do yeah, that. also like the uh I actually we learned about this a bit in high school, which now that I'm looking back on it is very too hot. Too hot for high school. But um, <laughs> like all these um, sort of home brewed methods to have or induce a miscarriage, I should say. Um, but they all they include like falling down the stairs and like taking a bath that's like a billion degrees. It's like truly brutal. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, even if you were able to like figure it out, like who knows? It could probably kill you as much as like having a real baby would. I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why, but that reminded me of like a little kid trying to like pull his tooth out when it's loose or something like looking up on the sky. The abortionist just slammed the door. Just slam the door. Just tie her yeah. up and just slam the door. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, what is she? So we should talk about they, they bang a lot in sequence. Uh, the painting continues um, and then there's yeah. the scene, uh, a really nice scene that I liked, I guess I'll bring up, which was when they're both sitting in bed and she's sort of drawing a little sketch of, um, fuck, of Eloise. And she's like, well, I don't have anything to remember you by. And so she writes it, she does a, a self portrait on, um, on page 28 of that book. And she uses a mirror that is right, right over the crotch. Yeah, uh, to to see her own face. It's a classic. Another white knuckling moment for American Dad. Oh yeah, <laughs> Why come can't I on, see it? so close. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I, that's another subtlety because later in the movie, obviously, page twenty eight is referenced again. But that's mm-hmm. that's that one's not as subtle. I think I oh, should. No, that I, one's. I think I should have noticed supposed the first time that. around. I I was yeah. just dumb. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the whole second part of the movie like introduces the turnaround theme, I guess, too, through that story mm-hmm. um, of Orpheus, and I, I think it's a super interesting. I don't know. I think it's interesting, and I the second the second time was also when I 
when I connected like her Eloise like in her wedding dress like why she kept envisioning that and I connected those two together and I was like oh she keeps turning around and then she disappears yeah um, and then and, it, and then that's yeah. what happens in when she yeah, actually it, it, leaves it literally happens because she says uh, Sophie's like oh well why would he turn around if he wasn't supposed to and then Eloise is like well maybe she asked her to turn around and then at the yeah. end of the movie she I says turn felt- around yeah, oh sorry Oh, well, I was just going to say, I also feel like it's a really clear expression of, like, Marianne's ability to sort of contain her emotions versus, I, I keep wanting to say Hollandaise because I'm obviously, <laughs> like, totally stupid, but it's Hel- Heloise. Um, like, Heloise is like, she's, 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 like, madly in love. Like, he has to see her. He has to. And then Marianne is like, oh, sorry, guys. Broke quarantine last night. Oh, um, and, um... And Marianne was like, or maybe it was the memory of her that she, he was just wanting to preserve that perfect memory. And, you know, Eloise just kind of like shot her a look, you know, because that's just how they, that's just how completely different they are from a developmental perspective emotionally, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I picked up on that and I was like, whew, now this is, this is the good hot stuff. Mm. <laughs> this is that yeah. good hot the, stuff. The dad's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we should find that dad and get him on this podcast absolutely i'd love i'd love an american dad section of the pod yeah I'd yeah love that. <laughs> we're throwing it over to angry american dad <laughs> i just I, it was so close it was right there the mirror could have fallen over anything and then he starts talking about the forgotten men and women, and then you're like, all right, yeah. cut the, cut yeah, the yeah, feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, and that's enough from an American dad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and he's always, like, outside with other people in the background. And you're yeah. like, should be, like, are at you home? At a barbecue like, right now? Like, are, <laughs> are you mowing your lawn right now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> gotta, get, gotta get the lawn work done. Yeah. yeah. um so we uh yeah at this point they have a big fight um sort of as theo touched on they have a big fight over how they're sort of handling their own emotions and it's right after they finish the painting Uh, i really like the exchange they have where she's goes you know how do we how do we know when it's done and she says well at some point we'll just stop and they do those final few strokes and then it's done. And that's, in a way, like a metaphor for the movie, which I appreciated. Because yeah. uh, the movie does just sort of stop. Um, I actually but, have yeah. a hot take on that regard, but we'll save it to the end. Okay. okay. Um, okay. Uh, we, uh, they fight. They make up pretty quick, uh, from what I recall. Yeah, it's pretty This is great, because I literally just watched the movie like two hours ago. So, <laughs> um, And... After they make up, mom comes back, says, yeah, painting's fine. It's good enough. It's good enough. You're good. <laughs> You're leaving. Yeah. I'm, I'm not st- sticking around for a third one of these. I did also like the guys... moment. What was that? Oh, sorry. I was just going to I mean, did you guys get this, the, the, the vibe that the mom got slightly queer baited when she saw them like saying goodbye to each other and it took a little bit too long and you kind of saw it on her face? <laughs> she's like, I was paying attention to her face, actually. Nah, you know, there was kind of that look of like, like you know there that sort of it was just a flash of kind of realization that it hit the mom yeah i, I could be projecting i think but, uh, she, I, I, I saw it i think she noticed it. like that hug was 
that goodbye was weird, right? Like, if I were the mom, I'd be like, what's going on here? Like, yeah, they like, knew each other for two weeks. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was like, it was like, I don't know, like, it felt like Marianne, like, went in for the hug and, like, really wanted to hug her. But then she was like, well, I kind of have to hide this, too. So it was like a quick, like, passionate thing. Mm-hmm. So it was very weird looking. Possibly confirmation, because, you know, the painter before was a man and Eloise wouldn't sit for him. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, and but now maybe the mom's saying, oh, but she did sit for this woman, mm. you know, so maybe she's speculating and she sees a long goodbye and she's like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> oh, my. Oh, oh, or my. How, how they would say, I guess. No, it's the same in French. Yeah. She says, oh, 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 yeah, but um, that's I, I kind of picked up on that slight tinge of um, either disappointment or surprise or realization. Yeah, yeah I could see um, that a bit. But she, yeah, she definitely like has to make it very passionate and quick, and she leaves the house. We do the quick turnaround and the door slamming, uh, and then we're we're in this the is, end game. This is Theo's hot take section. Okay, chime in for my hot take from earlier. Please. That's where I thought the movie ought have ended, although it wouldn't have made sense with the stuff in the beginning being set up of her like having her own studio. But I thought if they wanted to commit to that metaphor, because the thing is, is yeah, like true. the whole, the whole thing of that myth is that he doesn't ever see her again. He like turns back and that's the last time he sees her. But then he's like, Oh yeah, but I also saw her like this other time. And then there was the <laughs> other time I saw her. That's true. Yeah. And I was like, well then that kind of makes the whole metaphor a little bit weaker for me. But that being said, like those final two scenes, which I'm sure you're going to expand on were very powerful. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely, I agree in the sense that that would have been like a really shocking and powerful place to end. I'm kind of the person who like, the, the ending that they gave us was like, oh, I can at least be a little bit not sad now like that because the whole the whole second half of the movie was just sort of about inevitability, um, much like my favorite Purple Man Thanos uh, in the <laughs> sense of like, this movie, by the shout way. out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanos was probably who she was getting married to. Uh, that'd be hilarious oh, if she's just sitting with yeah. Thanos at that orchestra. Thing. If a big CG Thanos sits next to her in the opera <laughs> house. <laughs> Wait a minute. What is this? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was that was the whole thing is sort of and I don't know, kind of relatable to me on sort of a personal level of like something that's going to end and there's nothing they can do about it. Um, and sort of having that inevitable ending. Uh, so it was nice to have the little, um, epilogue where she gets her paintings up in the gallery that she puts up under her father's name. So people actually like take her seriously. Um, and she sees that painting of, uh, fuck. Eloise. Eloise. Eloise, uh, with presumably her daughter, and she has the book in her hand open to page 28, which that artist was really committed to getting yeah, truly. the exact book page that, that she was open well, to. Who knows? Maybe Eloise was Eloise like, can you put the like, page number? Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, what's that conversation? Like, hey, get the page number two. Why? <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> like, it means a lot right. to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, or maybe and that was another it, thing. It, it probably, well, I think that says a lot. Like, if if the person who painted that is a lot like Marianne, I think that's a d- detail Marianne would have noticed about Eloise if she the entire 
like for even if it was the beginning, the first week that she was um, noticing her, if she had that book open at 28 all the time, I think that's something she would have included in a portrait. But you you need like insane eyeballs to see that. So but yeah, Marianne did have he, like insane went up eyeballs. and he's like, okay, wait a minute, what do you? What like are you, she was yeah. Marianne was like, like <laughs> looking at her the insides of her ears. All right, she would she would notice would, these small details. The details are what make a portrait. You know. Okay, <laughs> I, I really thought it was the canvas that made the portrait. No, <laughs> it was the painter that makes the portrait. It was the uh, painting silly. on the canvas. But uh, yeah, so. I feel like I'm saying, but uh, yeah, so but, uh, I'm going to work yeah, on that. So. <laughs> she, I, I don't know. Maybe Heloise was like holding the book the whole time she was getting painted and I don't know, did some sort of sneaky, like, Ooh, this page is good. I, <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah. We're probably think hard to, you know, oh, absolutely. We're probably yeah. dwelling on, but, but, no, but you know what? Actually I was going to say, what would be an interesting detail is to see if there was some way to tell if like the, printing of 28 was maybe a bit bolder or done with a bit of a less adept hand like almost seemed like maybe eloise wrote that on there mm. or something oh, you know that'd be like i might i'll have to go back and, and check that out i also yeah. like how like she says she's seen her twice since then and she counts like seeing her as a portrait like a, as a painting as seeing her yeah like, she didn't actually I, see her she just saw i thought that was kind of nice though because yeah. they they give each other like essentially sketches or paintings yeah. of each other to be I like, agree. this I is like, our memory. I think that's like yeah. another subtle part that I'd really like too. I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. she considers that seeing her. Like I, I, if I'm like a romantic guy, I would probably consider that seeing someone too. Yeah. Very um, romantic, John George. Yes. This is so romantic. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Eloise finally gets to hear the orchestra. I'm not sure if this was supposed to be the first time she was like at an orchestra or... If if this was just like the coincidence or whatever. Also, was the song the orchestra was playing was that the same as the one on the harpsichord? That's what I thought, but I couldn't remember for sure. This time around, I like I was like, wait, is that the same one? Like it seemed like I think it is, but oh. I'm not. I didn't confirm it. Yeah, it's, I, I would sounded I would similar. So. Yeah, I I would have to go and check, but it would make a lot more sense as to why. Eloise starts like sobbing, listening to that, to that piece mm-hmm. being played. I would like to know the yeah. exact amount of time that we just get the shot that's like slowly zooming in on her, like just there. Like I want to know the exact time of it, how long it happens. <laughs> There's an easy you way know, to find out. Not to be the the soft spoken man I talked of before, but similar shot to the ending of Call Me by Your Name. When Timothy Dude. Chalamet is Seriously. staring at the fire, I literally was cr- saying with, with flies crawling all over him. Did you guys notice how many flies? I didn't notice there Timothy were any Chalamet? flies on him. There were so many. There were like at least two. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> Look at the. I'm not even joking. This isn't a joke. Look at the end of Call Me by Your Name. There are two flies on Timothy Chalamet while he's crying. Wow. Yeah. That's why yeah. he's crying. It's, it's, it's I, that clearly is why he's crying. He's, he's terrified of flies. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's what I said to my girlfriend. I was like, wait a second, like. There are a lot of similar, like the final shot, like, and that's why I also really like the final shot of Call Me By Your Name because of that. Uh, I think that's a great final shot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love this final shot just because it is that thing of we never see the orchestra, we only hear them, mm-hmm. and slowly goes in on her face, sort of from the perspective of Marianne, uh, but 
not really because Marianne doesn't have Terminator zoom in eyes. Her, like amazing zooming eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> her, her eyes are like two feet, feet out of her head. Yeah. Could you imagine that's like the last shot of the movie is just like her eyeballs two inches away from her face. <laughs> that's a real horror movie. That would be like a Robert so Eggers. Movie, That'd be a like Robert a Eggers. One subtle choice and completely ruin it. So props to them for like having the ability to not ruin their own thing, which I think we all struggle from, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, but I agree. Beautiful shot. And what I will say is that not only was like the soundtrack really carefully put together or not or whatever, but um, giving the actors the room to like act without thinking about editing, you know, mm-hmm. like this feels to me like when you go into a blockbuster this is probably like the most film student-y kind of thing to say. But like, it was almost like a play. Like we were almost like watching a play play out with like some very tasteful cuts and some very great like angles and compositions. But I love that. I love that in film. Yeah, it was, it reminded me a little bit of Marriage Story with, with all of the long shots. I actually think I like this a little bit better than how Marriage Story did it. Um, it, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick to that. I think Marriage Story did... <laughs> Did a really good job, but I I just liked the perspective and and the how still the shots were and how long they were, and the director clearly giving the actors a ton of room to breathe in every scene. There nothing is rushed, nothing is is sort of it's it's just such a departure from everything we watch now, which is has to be quippy and and quick, and the dialogue has to be so back and forth. Whereas this is very clearly like the actors living in the moment and and sort of getting that dialogue out and, yeah. and letting the scenes sort of exist from, from one angle. Which is more realistic. You could probably mm-hmm. get Truly. so many zoom-in shots of me sitting at my computer doing nothing, just like she did. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Know, live life just like her. Uh, Except you're watching, like, a beatbox conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm just on YouTube. <laughs> like, at the end, it's just and me, like, like, chuckling a little bit. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's I, when I watched it the first time, I think I might have mentioned that podcast, but um, my God, was the lady behind me sobbing along. It was like a sob along. Mm. And I was like, oh, mm. my God, this movie really like it inspired me. I was like, this movie really touched this woman. She was legit like crying a lot during this whole shot. Yeah. And I was like, and it kind of enhanced the movie. I was like, wow, this is actually really powerful for the people around me. It's it like it's yeah. like a moment in Avengers when everyone uh, claps for something happening except <laughs> it's a cry along like well at the end of yeah. farewell too like everyone everyone was like sobbing going out of the theater of the farewell and I was like this is this is a nice mo- like this is this is a good moment we're all connecting we're all we all cried at the end of this movie mm-hmm. yeah very cathartic yeah. I, I mean I didn't get like sobby sobby but like my soul was feeling it, you know, I, I, yeah. uh, not there. to say that you, you need an, a woman crying next to you to know it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this movie's but, sad. This person's crying. John goes to every movie with like an emotion companion. <laughs> exactly. Just like grabs their wrist. Like, <laughs> yeah. What now? What now? Um, oh, excitement. This movie's exciting. Heart beating fast. Wow. <laughs> everyone's cheering in Avengers and he's just like so cold, stone cold in his seat. I'm like delayed. <laughs> I'm like computing. I'm like, wait, is this, are they excited? Like, um, yes. Yeah. You're like Joker, you yeah. know, when he's like doing all the weird laughing after the like, Yeah. That's just your everyday I life. I would absolutely love to go to a Marvel movie and do that. 
It'd be a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was like, uh, when we saw Parasite, there was that dude that sat behind us that was like laughing like the Joker the whole time. Do you remember that? Uh, were we watching it together? Yeah, we, we saw we Arclight, saw Joker right? at uh, the ArcLight together. No, we didn't. Did yeah, because because Eric was there and Jake was there. Yes, we did. Yeah. No, no. wait. Did we? Yeah. Did we? I. I, listen, I can assure you, we did. Honestly, my ADD is so bad. I barely remember anything like longer than a week ago. But you don't even don't remember we... being on this podcast. Did? Yeah, no, we wiped their memory. This would be a distant memory. Done. Matt will like come over to my apartment with like a photo book of all of us on Discord together and like page through it while I like smile and nod. Like I'm in a nursing home. Yeah, the, Theo is gonna get a tattoo on his chest right after that that says like Big Boy Movies <laughs> episode twenty five or whatever. Find find the big boys. Find the yeah. big boys. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Um, uh, so I guess we'll, we'll give our final scores. I'm going to say, I haven't calculated, but I'm going to say right now off the cuff, I'm feeling like, uh, four and a half for this one. I really, really liked it. Uh, like I said, love the subtlety. I think the only thing that I really, that really held me back was how long it felt, even though I don't think that's entirely a bad thing. Generally, if I stop a movie and go, oh, man, there's still this much to go, that's not great. So, But that's the only thing. Um, so I, I'd say four and a half for me. Uh, yeah. I also I had it a four and a half the first time I watched it. It's still a four and a half, although I did debate bumping it up to a five. I think I'm still sticking four and a half. It's not quite there yet, mm-hmm. but I imagine I'll watch this one or two more times because I, I'll probably throw it on at some point just because it's to fall asleep yeah it's just a movie you can throw on in the back yeah yeah it's um i i would say this is out of five right yeah yes okay it's at, no it's, <laughs> no, out, it's out of it's it's out out 20 it's like yeesh <laughs> yeesh guys wow um, <laughs> this is where i like put on my hat and my like sports sunglasses and become the american dad <laughs> <laughs> exactly you guys are both like a little unshaven um but um yeah i mean i'm right right there along with you i'll match those ratings uh it feels like this one had staying power to me it's kind of like you know this has your going in for the bread moment, you know? You get that emotional resonance. But then you're going to ask for that wine, right? Mm. That's, that's, that's like the repeat viewing. Nice. That's like when Marion ask, is asking for the wine. That's like the extra little sauce. Yeah. So this has definitely got at least three rewatches in it for me over a period of like 10 years for sure. <laughs> nice. I like yeah. the prediction. We um, should do that. We should do... We should do how many rewatches we're going to have in a certain amount Over of time. Over a course maybe. of 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Over the course of your life. <laughs> Probably rewatch oh, this God. one like seven or eight times <laughs> in my life. Yeah, so now we're going to do that thing where we, we rate our own mortality based on movies. I'm probably going to uh, die in a couple of years, so probably like yeah. one more rewatch out of this one. You know, if, if Corona gets me, I think I still got like maybe six more knives out, so we'll see. <laughs> uh, wow, that's, that's, that's a good lot. amount. That's... I still, I still have to watch the director commentary. I, I want to watch that ahead. so bad. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I still um, have to watch the Last Jedi director commentary. I have it because I have the mm, movie purchased. Do you need to watch that? Or would it just be J.J. Abrams saying, yeah, you know, I kind of no, ran, no, Last Jedi. Jedi. ran Oh, Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, no. Hot take. 
I hope it's shared by all. I think I had a great time in that yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. We're both pro Last yeah, Jedi. Yeah, we're both. You're with two yep. people who. Last Jedi is my favorite I'm Star Wars movie. Friends. So that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, no, the director's commentary, I think we talked about that director's commentary for Rise of Skywalker is just J.J. Abrams being like, yeah, um, so this was on purpose. I want to make that clear so first. So we made an algorithm that took crit- Twitter criticism and wrote screenplays. <laughs> and we just let this it is go through that. Someone should post that <laughs> meme of like, we, I, I, taught a, I fed a robot Star Wars scripts and then they just like post the actual <laughs> script to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. We find out that like Chris Titerio is a bot that they've just been programming since Batman v Superman. And uh, all the screen direction when it comes to Rose, Rose Tycho starts with just for a second. <laughs> just for, just a, second. for a second. Rose Tycho. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Just have to, have to um, specify. Just for a second. Like, no longer. <laughs> Don't get it into your head that this will be a moment. Or yeah, no. Or, uh, we have to put it here because <laughs> she's gonna show up on screen, but only for and a second. After, after every like dialogue heading under her name, it just says in passing. In the <laughs> yeah, like quickly in parentheses. <laughs> 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 quickly, bad acting, please. Under her breath. Yeah. <laughs> or inaudible. Inaud- yeah, inaudible. It's, it's, <laughs> it says in the script like one take. <laughs> we're, we're only allowed one. <laughs> In one take m- only. Move on to the other other stuff. That's, that's yeah. more important. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's our, our our weekly mention of Rise of Skywalker. Look forward to it next week. <laughs> um, but until then, oh right, and thank you to Theo for coming on. Uh, of thank course. you. Yeah, uh, you know, I only had to clear my schedule a bit, but we we fit it in there. Oh know? yeah, of course. Yeah, we're all very busy at the moment, so it's it's yeah, always great to have a guest on. Lots of handshakes, lots of hugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're keeping busy. Um, but again, until next week, stay big, you beautiful boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs>